Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? Well, we are officially in this season of Lent. And it is at this time of the year that I'm just always drawn to simplicity and minimalism. And John 3.30 is kind of like my theme verse uh, for this time of the year, which says, he must increase, I must decrease. And in that verse, John the Baptist is telling his followers that Jesus is the one, not him. You know, all that John had done to that point was to prepare the way for Jesus and to glorify God. John had a lot of followers, but it wasn't about him. It was about Christ. And so he was really saying it was time for them to be followers, disciples of Jesus. John's desire was to decrease so that Jesus would increase. And I like this idea of decrease um, during this time of the year. It just really appeals to me, you know, dialing down, dialing everything down a notch, you know, from food to spending to overscheduling and just making more room for the Lord. I am always ready to do a closet purge at this time of the year um, and get rid of stuff, you know, do a little spring cleaning and We're in our second week of Feast of Fast. We're doing uh, sugar detoxing. And I just love the discipline of that. It just feels really good. Anyway, as I was thinking about coming on to talk about this spirit of simplicity and minimalism at this time of the year, um, I was like, I'm just going to kind of Google around and, and see what I find about it. So I Googled Christian minimalism. And lo and behold, this website called Christian Minimalism popped up with a woman named Becca Ehrlich, also known as the Christian minimalist. And I got completely drawn into her story, her writing, her one dress for 100 days challenge. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's the Christian minimalist. I'm the Christian nutritionist. We've got to talk. So I immediately emailed her and asked if she'd come on the podcast and she's here. And I'm so excited. Becca is an ordained pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church, and she has a book coming out in May called Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living. And so I'm just so happy. It's just the perfect time. So excited to connect with her, have her here, and we get to chat on this topic today. So welcome, Becca, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to get to talk with you today. I know. I know. I was hoping when I reached out, you weren't like, well, this is weird. I don't talk about nutrition. (laughs) I told you I was like, um, normally I do health topics, but to me, this is all about, um, this all plays into our health. This idea of this clutter in our lives, cluttering up our minds, 
cluttering up our spaces and just, you know, when we do dial it down and we and we clear that space, we do make more room for the Lord. Um, I want to start by you sharing your journey to minimalism. I know it was a slow one. You know, I know some things from what I read on your website. It's not like you woke up one day and, and decided to wear the same dress for 100 days. And I cannot <laughs> wait to get to that. Um, but first, give us some background on what led you here. Yeah, I, um, I always was geared towards simplicity and simple living type things. Um, I always tried to want to simplify, like I would do different things to try to simplify my life, but it never really stuck. But I know that, for example, I went on a retreat and I remember looking into my suitcase and being like, it's nice to just have what I need, just have enough. Um, but I never could seem to translate that into my normal life. Uh, you know, I, I would be like a retreat junkie and go on retreats and like enjoy the simplicity of that, but could never translate that into my regular life. Um, and then one day, so I have a chronic illness and I was having a bad health day. And so I was sitting on the couch and I was, you know, browsing Netflix and they, they make suggestions for you based on what you've watched before. And I love documentaries and they suggested this documentary on minimalism. And I had no idea what minimalism was, but it was only an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, and it changed my life. I did not expect to watch Netflix and have my life changed, but there you go. That's what happened. Uh, my husband, Will came home and I was like, oh my gosh, you have to watch this documentary. And he was like, cause he, <laughs> he just like knew it was going to mean a lot of change and he wasn't so sure about that. Um, and so we watched it together and he was like, I think you're right. I think God is calling us to live a more minimalist lifestyle. Um, and during, on um, the second time I watched the documentary, they kept talking about meaning and how people are looking for meaning in their lives. And as a Christian, I was sitting there going, well, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, hello, Jesus, of course. Right. Right. And so, um, I was sitting there and I'm like, this, this is so appropriate for Christians because this is a lot of the gospel message of what Jesus says too. I wonder how many people, like there's got to be people out there talking about this at a deeper standpoint and the intersection between Christianity and minimalism. And it turned out at the time, this was back at the end of 2017, um, no one really was. I mean, there were articles here and there or like a blog post here and there, but no one was doing it in any great depth on a regular basis. And I was like, well, I can't be the only one that wants to talk about this um, and also hold myself accountable because I'm going to start this brand new journey and I, I want to make sure that I'm going to continue it. And so I started this blog um, expecting it was just going to be like, you know, five of my friends and, you know, a neighbor's cat or something <laughs> reading it. Um, and it turned out that like thousands of people are really interested in this connection between minimalism and the Christian faith, uh, which is amazing. And so it's been a really fun journey. It's been, you know, over three years now and, and experiencing different ways, different minimalism experience, ex experiments, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a good time. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the difference between minimalism and Christian minimalism. Like for me, um, my first exposure to this kind of idea of minimizing came after I read a book called 10 Lessons from Madame Chic. And, um, and it was about this college student who went to study in Paris uh, for six months and she lived with the family there. And she noticed how, you know, French women do not have closets like busting with clothes, but they have this really 
just a cultivated small set of quality items they mix and match to make you know these chic outfits and they constantly rewear reinvent the same items and don't feel this pressure to have something new all the time um, and so that inspired me to do a capsule wardrobe a challenge where I narrowed down my clothes to my closet to like 30 items um, I think this was about uh, two or three years ago um, and I stuck to that for three months you know within the this 30 items um, in my closet and I did a series of blog posts on it on and it's on my website still you know as I went through the process and it was um, it was hard and once it was like hard and not hard all at the same time I think the hardest part was mental you know it's not hard to just put something on your body it's just but it's the it's the mental challenge of it you know the boredom of wearing the same thing or worrying about what other people think i remember when going to pick up my kids from school i like wanted to wear a sign around my neck that says i'm doing a challenge i know i know i don't have to i don't have to wear the same thing every day but i just am by choice you know like I, I don't know why i'm so worried about what people think but that's what i was thinking um but it was it was a great challenge of discipline you know and i can't wait to talk more about these challenges you've done in that same kind of spirit but kind of like you you know I, it started from like the secular approach and then um and then it just made so much more sense that as a christian you know it would it would make a lot of sense to seek a deeper spiritual reason for it so what what really is that difference yeah so one of the things that makes it really different is that jesus is at the center so i like to say that christian minimalism is a jesus oriented minimalism where, where Jesus is where Jesus is supposed to be <laughs> at the yeah. center of our lives. And, um, and then our Christian faith and spirituality intersects with the minimalism lifestyle, which is uh, focusing on the aspects of life that matter most and intentionally removing everything else. So, uh, you know, decluttering and the decluttering movement is very trendy right now. Um, and that's sort of like an aspect of minimalism, um, but it's not all of it. Like minimalism itself is a full lifestyle. And then Christian minimalism on top of that is for folks who are following Jesus um, and his minimalist lifestyle and views. Uh, and it's part of that Jesus following. Because Jesus really, he, he was a minimalist, right? Yeah, for sure. He lived a simple life. He encouraged his disciples to live simply too. He taught against greed and accumulating possessions. And he talked about that, the detriment of our relationship to God, if we do that instead of focusing on God. Um, he talked about focusing on what's most, imper most important and reminds us that God is our provider and we don't have to worry and accumulate and stockpile. So Jesus, for sure, is a minimalist. And so that was one of the big things that drew me to minimalism. What? So... so Going back, I mean, you know, we, we obviously think of like decluttering kind of as minimalism, but what more to it is there? Um, I mean, what more does that include? Yeah, so it's it's a lot about, well, focus taking what matters most in life and making that as the most important focus and then removing anything that gets in the way of that. So that's what most people think about, about the decluttering and like stuff, because mm -hmm. a lot of times for a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people the most obvious thing that gets in the way of us uh, focusing on what matters most in God is stuff. 
And so that's a lot of where people start because you can make a lot of progress pretty quickly and you can see results pretty quickly. Um, but other ways to do that is, you know, time commitments. How many times have we said yes to stuff that we shouldn't have said yes to? And then we're committed and we're like, why did I do this? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time, all the time. And I don't think that's a great use of our spiritual gifts that are given to us by God, because we may not be using those gifts to the best of our ability if we're just saying yes to all the things as opposed to being very intentional about how we're using our time and gifts and resources. And that's really what it's about too, is intentionality and intentional living. Too often we go on automatic pilot and do what we think we should do or what's expected of us um, or what we're quite frankly brainwashed by consumer culture to want, you know, because a lot of times we're just kind of going off of what we think we should want and not what we actually want or need. (laughs) Yeah. So, so being intentional with those, with our time, with our energy, with our, with our resources. Is it wrong to want beautiful things? (laughs) No, no, not at all. No. Everybody thinks that minimalism means like living colorless or a boring life. And it's not about owning ugly or plain things. It's about intentionality about what we choose to own. Like if it adds value to your life or others' life in Jesus' name, then it works for you, right? In fact, more intentionality often means having less stuff, but more quality stuff. Because if you're buying less, you most likely have more resources to use on better quality stuff. So like the French people you mentioned before, it's the same concept where you have good quality pieces, but you have a lot less of them. Yes, that is um, something that That was probably, like I said, the first time my eyes were kind of open to that. And I've talked here on the podcast before about how I'm a recovering bargain shopper and how much I buy stuff just because it's, you know, on sale, like it's bread in my bones because that's how my parents are, you know, we're like, oh, it's on sale. Let's get it. We don't need it. It may not fit right. It may not even be the exact food you like, but it's on sale. So I got it for three bucks. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, And so I know. So. I think there's that piece of it. I think I've got I've gotten better about that. Sometimes I still feel that pool like, oh, it's such a good deal. I can't pass it up. But um, but I have it's it's definitely a process. But sometimes I just buy things for no good reason. <laughs> and there's no you know where is the line there? Because sometimes you buy things just there's no reason for it. There's not a need for it. You want it. I don't know. Then I kind of struggle with that. Is that the wrong thing to do? You know? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrong. I would say that, uh, as I kind of mentioned before, we've been brainwashed by consumer culture to mindlessly buy things because it turns a profit. And it's, it's good for business, but it's not so good for us, right? Because it makes us accumulate clutter and things that we don't need and not using our resources in ways that are necessarily wise. And so God calls us to be deliberate with how we use our God-given resources and mindlessly buying and consuming isn't necessarily what God is calling us to do. So we, we're called to use our resources wisely so we don't have an unending amount of clutter later. Um, so I won't necessarily say it's wrong, um, but I think we're, we're conditioned by consumer culture to do that. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a natural thing to do, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we all struggle with that. I mean, every year... You know, it's at this time of the year, and I'm so ready to do my closet purge, clean out my closet. I kind of cleaned it up the other day because I'm doing my podcasting in here, and it was a hot mess. But still, there's just – it's too much stuff in here. 
Mm-hmm. And every year I clean out my closet and I vow to minimize my spending. And yet every year when I clean my closet, there's still so much to clean out. I'm like, how did this get here? Or how, you know, <laughs> what, what have I done? You know, I'm like, what is my problem? You know, I think, um, I think a lot of us do that. Is it just we're mindless about it or in the, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is my problem. <laughs> Well, I was exactly the same way until I discovered minimalism um, and then connected it to my Christian faith. I think, I think, and I think a lot of people can relate to this too. And what I found to be the core problem is that we haven't addressed the why of why we accumulated this stuff in the first place. And mm. so until you discover that why, you're not going to be able to change your thought process around material possessions, consumption, and your use of money. And that why is different for everyone, but once you figure it out, that's when you can start finding ways to change it and your thoughts around it. That is so good. And you're, that just kind of clicked for some something with me. I mean, I am drawn at this time of the year to decrease, but uh, I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm not examining my why enough. And you know what I also do? This is just so horrible. But um, right before Lent, because I know that during this time, and this is self-imposed. I'm not telling people who are, you know, I'm, Listeners, I'm not telling you this is what you should do. Do what I do. This is just, this is how I feel on the inside, like at this time of the year and how I want to decrease spending. And so I know I'm going into the Lenten season and I'm going to decrease my spending. And so I like start power shopping, right? Like the right before Lent, I start ordering all these things. It's so horrible. It's kind of like when you know you're going to do a sugar detox and so you start eating the house down. Eat all the things. You know, it's like, I'm like, okay, what I need, I better go buy everything now because I am not going to, I'm going to really limit my spending over the next six weeks. What am I going to be doing? I'm going to go on some break. And it's, my mind goes crazy. It's like the thought of the quote unquote deprivation or, um, you know, what it, it just, it, just trigger something in your head and that and and so it's really it really does come back down to that mental piece I think um, with so many things I'll talk about that here a lot too um you know with eating with food with health it's it all it all starts in your mind you know um your physical actions come from your thoughts and the things you're feeling it sounds like to me that you're doing the equivalent of spending like Mardi Gras yeah Where you're like, I got to get all my partying out before Lent starts, you know? Exactly. I got to buy all the things before I'm not buying things during Lent. It's like the same concept. Yes, yes. And that is not in the spirit of what I'm trying to do, you know? Right, Um, right. So it, again, it's just, it's still a process. Um, And I seek that, that discipline of it, you know? And I'm not, obviously, not perfect at it. Nobody's perfect at it. But um, it's it's just a it's a process it's a growth process I think but I, I do seek that that discipline and um I mean you think we're called to be minimalist um yeah I mean Jesus was a minimalist and we're called to follow and be like Jesus so yeah I think we're definitely called to be minimalist yeah I think so I think of that um when they were Jesus and the disciples were moving and spreading out and and talking to people and he told them what it was like don't don't take anything don't Mm -hmm. you know don't pack a bag don't uh i can't remember all the things he said but he said you know yeah don't don't take take sandals don't don't take an extra tunic yeah all that (laughs) yeah and just um go with it um so yeah i think you know and then it also makes me think of um when the Israelites were in the desert um, mm-hmm. and, you know, had to had to depend on God for the manna. And um, 
just I don't know. It's just that real paring down in in that looking seeking more of God for for everything um, during mm-hmm. this time. And I guess um, as each time comes up when I'm wanting to, you know, there's that pull to. I always say that pull to buy and then purge and then buy it, mm-hmm. buy stuff and then purge out. I guess it's really just kind of pausing long enough to examine your reasons and what you're doing with in each time. And it, don't you think? I mean, is that the way to do it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It, if you want to feel better about all of this, um, you mentioned the Israelites, right, and the manna that God provided for them. God told them to... Uh, collect double the day before the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to collect during the day of rest. And they didn't listen and still went out and got manna, uh, got manna on, like they just, they just got more than what they needed. Like they just, Mm. they were like, Oh, it's fine. And that just shows us that we don't, this has been a, a tendency in us forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we, we have the tendency to be like, okay, well, I kind of trust God to provide, but like, I'm going to even get more stuff just because I'm still not totally sure. And then it's spoiled on them. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) And so this is, this is a battle we've had with ourselves forever. (laughs) It's like, okay, we know that we can have enough, but we're just going to keep getting stuff just because we feel like we need to have that that stability for some reason, even though we know that like God will provide and that we need so much more or so much less than we think we do. Yes. I talk about here too. Um, I've talked about before how, um, you know, we not only use food as a buffer when we're trying to put something between us and our, and our feelings, um, but we Mm -hmm. shopping, I mean, shopping is one too, you know, if you're upset or, um, bored, you know, just get on and kind of scroll around Amazon. You're looking for one thing and then it's like, oh, you might like this too. And you're like, oh yes, I, I do like this too. And then it just leads to this whole, you know, um, and so shopping is often a buffer for, um, trying to avoid feelings. And, um, and so yep. I think considering 100%. that, yeah, really kind of tackling that and, and recognizing that in that why you're doing that in the moment also. Um, yep. But, you know, I think if you see something really beautiful that you love and it would be really useful and you would get great use out of, then um, those things, you know, those things can be worth it. Um, mm-hmm. so I Definitely. Telling myself. Yeah. Um, I was actually addicted to online shopping, which was part of the reason I was drawn oh. to minimalism and wanted to um, find ways to get rid of that habit because I knew it was keeping me um, from living the life I should be living that God was calling me to live because I was, you know, spending resources in ways that weren't helpful and and taking time away from, you know, family and God and other things I should be (laughs) spending my time on, um, online shopping. Yeah. What, I mean, yeah. So what was, what were the biggest changes for you in your, in your life and how, um, how long did it take you and what, what were those first steps like? So I knew I needed something really drastic uh, for me personally, because I was so deep in the online shopping addiction. Um, And I don't use that word lightly, right? Like I have friends who have substance abuse addictions. And so, but it's the same concept of like, you, you get that, that rush when you, Mm -hmm. when you click to buy, and then you get the rush again when it comes in the mail. And then a few days later, that rush is gone. And then you look for that rush again. It's totally the cycle of addiction. Um, and it wasn't even stuff I really needed or sometimes even wanted. Um, it just was like the, 
I don't know, the chase of the the sale that you were talking about before. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I was trying, I was, for me personally, one of my whys was my chronic illness. And so whenever I was feeling not well in my body, I, um, I filled that hole with, with sh- online shopping. Um, and so I wanted to break the habit. So for me, in order to do that, I did a, a year long shopping fast um, because I needed something drastic to get me out of that cycle that I had been in in years. Wow. And uh, yeah. Um, and before anyone freaks out, I had a, a pre-approved list of things I was allowed to buy because obviously you still have to buy some things to function <laughs> for a year. Like I could buy toiletries and, and medicine and food, obviously. Um, I had a thing where I had a rule where if something broke or uh, wore out, I could replace it as long as I got rid of the original thing. Um, so things like that. I had, I had an approved list and it's actually on my blog. If anyone's interested, just, um, find, find the blog post about, uh, my year of no shopping and and it explains what, what was on my pre-approved list. Um, and it, you know, it really jolted me out of how mindlessly I had been buying and consuming and spending. Um, it really made me think and be intentional about what I was doing with the resources God has given me. Um, and it, it worked in the sense of like, I don't, I I mean, I'm always going to struggle with it. I think we all are human, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We all have those Mm -hmm. tendencies. So I'm always going to struggle with it to an extent, but, um, it really helped me get out of that habit of just mindlessly spending, um, to fill that void in my life. A whole year. Yeah. I mean, just as you were saying that I, I, my mind already started thinking of like all the, um, justifications I would give myself (laughs) (laughs) right well kept me from it like I and and I had accountability um you know I my my spouse was my accountability partner in that um but also like having that pre-approved list made me feel better I don't know it was just like a weird like okay well I'm not not shopping at all like I'm allowed to buy food (laughs) you know what I mean right like like it just made me feel a lot better about the whole process and obviously that's not for everyone I personally had to do something super drastic but like you could do a version of that for you know a few months and and see if that helps you rethink how you're spending and your and your con- consumption habits are affecting how you live your life. Yeah, that's kind of what I do during Lent, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's what six and a half weeks, and um, and so yeah, it's it's kind of it's in that same spirit, but a year that that would be that would be tough. I mean, I, did you did you just like never go on Amazon <laughs> because? <laughs> I would have to ban myself from looking at Amazon, I think. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So, like, I – it was so crazy. I was on so many email lists for for vendors, um, and I had to, like, get off and unsubscribe to all of them. There were, like, a 100 of them, which sounds crazy, but, like, we're all on those email lists. Yes, you know? and they, they rack up for sure. They do. And so that was one of my big things I did right before the fast was I unsubscribed to all of those, which took forever. Um, But that helped because, you know, like it's set up to show up in your inbox and you're like, oh, there's a sale on this thing. And like you might not necessarily need that sweater, but the minute you click on it, you're like, that's really pretty. Yeah, I'll get that sweater. It's on sale for 30 bucks, you know. Um, And so not having that in front of me was super helpful. Um, I did go on Amazon a few times, but it was for specific, like I only went, it was like a, 
a surgical strike. <laughs> I went in and, and I was like, okay, I need to buy this one thing that broke or we need to replace or we need more batteries or something. And I would just go on and I would put that thing in my cart and I would click it and then I'd be done and I would get off the site because you're right. It's so easy to just click around and end up buying a bunch of stuff you don't want or need. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, absolutely. Okay. So a year of no shopping, that was your, your first big challenge. So at the end of that, how would I mean was it like shopping spree or were you just did you carry that over I mean did you give yourself a day to just kind of go nuts or did you just I mean how was it afterwards did you maintain most of that and yeah I didn't want to (laughs) I didn't want to go and do what I had been doing previously because Mm -hmm. I had used shopping as a form of therapy and it's the opposite of therapy (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good afterwards you feel guilty for you know I don't know if you're like me like you shop a bunch of stuff and then you feel guilty for buying the bunch of stuff and then you're like what do I do now and then it's just this vicious cycle yes um you know and yep so I just, um, I, I had no desire to do that. Like, I don't really go to malls much anymore. I mean, obviously in a pandemic, <laughs> obviously right. I'm not I'm going not to malls much anyway. anymore anyway. But, um, but I didn't, I didn't have the, the same drive to do that as much anymore. I mean, obviously if I'm like going to buy a specific thing that I need because it wore out or, um, you know, you know what I mean? Like if I'm going for yes. something specific that, that I'll do that, but I, I don't have that drive anymore to shop in the way I did previously because it just, it doesn't feel right to my ability to focus on what matters most. That, um, the way that you were saying, you know, you feel that guilt after you kind of get the high and then you have the guilt and then it's just, you know, it's just such a letdown and it's the same, it's the same with, um, food and eating, you know, again, going back to like using it as a buffer because you're, when you're using it as a buffer to dull pain or avoid feelings, you've, you're already kind of feeling bad, whatever it is, whether it's boredom or, you know, you're just sad or you're upset or stressed and you're shopping or you're eating and you're using that as a buffer, but then you do it and then you have guilt or maybe even more pain. Like if you ate something and it just made you feel gross. And so it's like, then you have double pain and double It's like, it just made it worse, you know? And so then you have to deal with that on top of what you were already trying to avoid. And it is, it's a vicious cycle. It just makes things worse. And so um, it's often just trying, you know, getting through that, um, those sitting in the, sitting in the, the icky feeling, you know, just kind of Mm -hmm. sitting with that and leading into, into God. And um, I would say results are on the other side of, of discomfort, you know, sitting in that discomfort. And, um, mm-hmm. and then once you can get over that, if you can, if you can just sit in that and feel that discomfort and then get past it, then, um, that's the hardest part, you know, and that's kind of what shakes you out of that. Um, but it's easier said than done for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like we we're we're so used to self gratification and like immediate, stopping of pain or discomfort and so Mm -hmm. we're we're always reaching for those self pacifiers you know and you mentioned so many of them food and whatever you know whatever we tend to reach towards um and like once in a while that's probably fine you know yeah but um when it's all the time like it was for me for my online shopping addiction um that's not helpful (laughs) you know and and we just reach for that pacifier more and more because we just don't want to feel icky as you said Mm-hmm. What about, okay, so tell us about this current challenge you're doing. Because um, when I saw I was like, wow, now that's something. So tell us about it. 
Yeah, um, I'm doing, I'm wearing the 100 day dress challenge. So I'm wearing this, the single dress, one dress, same dress for 100 days in a row for ex- at least eight hours a day. And you're wearing it right now? I am wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me, but I am. <laughs> I know, I'm not, I can't see you, but I had a feeling. So tell us more about this. Why? Why, why choose one piece of clothing and wear it? Um, gosh, what does that turn out to be? About three and a half months? Yeah. Three, four um, months? No. Yeah. yeah about it's, three and a half months. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's about three and a half months. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things was I, I keep trying to find ways to continue to challenge myself with, with the minimalist lifestyle and for my faith, because, um, it's easy to get complacent in whatever you're doing. And it can be like, oh, I got this. I'm a Christian minimalist now, you know, and that's not like a thing. It's a journey. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you don't arrive and become a Christian minimalist. So you're just a Christian minimalist on the journey of Christian minimalism. Um, and so I'm always finding ways to kind of challenge myself short term and see what, how, how little I can live with just to, and then that will affect, you know, my real life later of, okay, I lived with that little, maybe I don't want to do that the rest of my life. Like I don't want to wear the same dress every day for the rest of my life, obviously. Um, but it helps me realize how little I do need and I can simplify even more. I will say my closet is the one place that has always been a challenge for me as far as simplifying. That's That was my go-to when I was um, an online shopping addict was buying clothes. It was always been my thing. And so I've, I've always been trying to find ways to simplify my closet. Um, some people do a capsule wardrobe, as you talked about the 30 pieces that you did, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't necessarily found that to be helpful for myself, um, just because I need so many different types of clothing for different things in my life, um, because I do so many different things. Um, So I've struggled with that. And when I saw that there was this 100 day challenge thing um, that a company was doing, and they and they do it specifically for like, talking about, um, you know, sustainability, that's a huge thing. It takes a lot of water, and it produces a lot of waste to make clothing um yes. and the and the fast fashion fast fashion industry um you know they churn out clothes at an insane rate um and they're not made to last for the most part and so you're constantly buying clothes and throwing clothes away and it's just a lot of waste um and so this was one of their way to one of their ways to embrace both simplicity but also sustainability and that really that really struck a nerve for me. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a go. And so yeah, um, I'm almost halfway, I'll be halfway on Monday, which oh is crazy. Gosh. I know. How's it going? I mean, what is, are, I don't know your thoughts going in on it, but is it harder, easier than you thought? Um, I, it's both harder and easier. <laughs> it's both yeah. of those things. Um, it's, it's, it's easier in the sense of like, I don't have to think as much in the morning, which is amazing, which sounds stupid, right? Like, oh, you don't have to pick out clothes, big deal. But like, decision fatigue is a real thing. It is. And so when I don't have to make a decision about that, that saves that decision making energy for things that matter later in the day, which is great. Um, So I don't really have to think. I mean, honestly, pretty much every day I just wear this dress with leggings. And then I might like throw something over it if I get cold, obviously, like I can put a sweater over it or a shirt over it or something. But I mean, that's pretty much my my go to look right now (laughs) since and it's also cold. So leggings, I think if I had done it in the summer, I I wouldn't be doing that, obviously. Um, But a lot less laundry, which has also been great. Um, And I've loved that. 
Uh, the hard part for me is just like, oh, I'm wearing the same thing every day. And like, I thought I was gonna be much more bored about that than I actually am. And I was worried that people would notice, but literally no one has noticed, unless they know I'm doing the challenge. But no, there's something called the spotlight effect, which may, which is a psych psychological term, which, which is basically like, we think that people notice us much more than they actually do. <laughs> yes, like me wanting to wear a sign around my neck when I go to exactly, my guest exactly. school. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Nobody even cares. Spotlight effect. Um, people don't notice. Like there's actually an article out there um, from a local newspaper in Maine where a woman did the 100 day challenge, the one I'm doing, um, and no one noticed the whole 100 days legitimately that she was wow. wearing the same dress. Yeah. So um, yeah, no one's noticed. Um, and it's just been a lot more simple, a lot less laundry, which is great. Um, cause a, I hate doing laundry, but B also like, that's great. Cause you're not using the water to do laundry, which is also helps with the environmental sustainability. So, um, yeah, so far I've loved it. Obviously I don't want to wear the same dress for the rest of my life. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing I'm going to be doing in the future, but it is helpful to know that if you have the right piece and you want to do one of these types of challenges, um, it can be a way to help stretch you and your ability to live with less and simplify yeah everyone's gonna be like what does this dress look like so you can go to um becca's website um christian minimalism and take a look because she's got blog posts and stuff about it but i mean it's washable right so you wash yes. it every i don't know three days or four days or something or i mean how does that work yeah so i thought i'd wash it more than i have which sounds nasty but it's made out of merino wool and what most people don't realize is that Merino wool doesn't hold on to odors um, like other materials do, and it's naturally moisture wicking and um, antimicrobial, which is crazy, right? But yeah, cool. it does all this cool stuff. And so um, as long as you, like I hang it outside my closet for airflow, as long as you hang it out um, overnight, like there's been times where I took it off and I was like cleaning the house or something. I was like, oh, it smells pretty ripe. I'm gonna have to wash it tomorrow. And I hang it and then the next morning it, like I didn't even it's it's the smells normal it's crazy that that's cool so the when you picked out your dress I mean these what I don't this company or this other people doing this challenge I mean is there like the dress or does everybody just kind of pick one out they think will work or they suggest one so this company they have multiple types of dresses that you can choose from so I picked I picked one so the one I picked it's black you, although they have lots of cool colors you could pick a cooler one a color one it's fine too um, I picked a black one and it has um, three quarter sleeves, which I wanted to give the most um, flexible thing to do because I was worried if I got long sleeves, like I wouldn't be able, it would be harder to put stuff over it, and, you know. So I got the three quarter sleeves um, and, it, and I got the long length for me because I wanted, I wanted a little coverage down there. So because, um, you know, ladies, if you know what it's like when you bend down in a dress and you don't want to, you know, right. <laughs> give people show. a free show. So. Right. You don't want to show your lady garden, so yeah. <laughs> lady garden. I was going to say goodies, but I like that lady garden. That's, That's amazing. Right. It's got to be long so, enough. Um, yeah. yeah, so everybody, you can go to our website and check it out. The, the, what you were talking about, the decision fatigue. And so that's, you know, that is one of the things, you know, about the capsule wardrobe experiment and, um, 
you know, when I read that book, the um, Madame Chic book, I mean, she narrowed it down to 10 pieces, um, 10 wow. core pieces. And I, I was like, whoa. Um, but you're, you're, you're saying like that sounds hard, but you're doing one dress for 100 days. So that's pretty amazing. Um, if you could do that. But the decision fatigue, it is. It's like everything's so pared down, you know. And when you look in your closet, I don't know about other people, but I look in it and I'm like, there's so many things I don't even wear, you know, or I might wear once or twice. And, and it's funny, I'm getting better about this, but I'll be like, I don't want to wear that because, and whatever that is, I want to pay attention to, because sometimes it's like, I don't like the way it makes my, you know, something look. And I'm like, well, if you don't like the way it makes you look in that way, why do you even have it in your closet? You're never going to wear it, you know? I mean, and, and I'll do that all the time. And so, yeah. And that you never look as things never look as good as they do when they're on Amazon or you're in the dressing room. I mean, that's like the best they're ever going to look probably that you think they are. And so I don't know, we have to, you got to really love it to wear it. So, yeah. but, um, but it was funny with the, the capsule wardrobe. I mean, it makes you kind of creative in the way that you pull things together yep. and that's kind of a challenge in itself and, and, you know, kind of an interesting challenge. I mean, you can wear the same thing uh, repeatedly over and over, but you can also get creative with mixing and matching. And so I guess, you know, with what your dress, you could wear your leggings, you can wear something, yep. a sweater over it, or so you're, you know, you're allowing yourself other pieces with it. It's not just the dress. Correct. correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and a lot of people who do the challenge, like they're, they have like just an Instagram account just for that and they'll get like super creative with it. Um, which I think is amazing and I love following them. I'm not one of those people who who's getting quite as creative. Like if I'm cold, I'll throw a sweater over it. You know, I'm wearing leggings mm-hmm. under it because I'm cold. But um, but once in a while, I'll be like, I'm going to throw a shirt over it. Like right now I have I have a blue T-shirt over it and it looks kind of fun because it has the three-quarter sleeves kind of sticking out of it, which is cute. So um, once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this one thing with it and see how it looks. And um, if it looks horrible, that's fine. I'm just wearing it for that day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but well, there is – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, it also – we are going less places now, or anyway, I <laughs> yes, am. So, I mean, exactly. I, and that's the other thing with cleaning my closet. I'm like, why in the ever-living do I have so many clothes? I don't even go anywhere. Not Even when it's not in a pandemic, I – I mean, I work from home. I live in a small town. It literally mm-hmm. takes two minutes to go up to the school and get my kids. I mean, it. I don't really go anywhere. I don't even need all this stuff. But um, I, I certainly don't need anything. I don't know any shopping right now. I'm not even going anywhere. <laughs> right, right. And it's funny because there's the statistic that a lot of people have realized is that a lot of people wear 20% of their closet 80% of the time. Um, and yes. I, I think that's pretty accurate. And so my, my guiding principle has been like, I just want all my favorite things in my closet. Yeah. I love that. And so like when I walk into my closet, it's not gonna be like, Oh, I have nothing to wear, even though I have like tons of clothes in there. It's like everything I pick out of there, I want to wear. I love um, it. so that's, that's been my guiding principle. Um, maybe I'll try a capsule wardrobe at some point. I haven't done that yet, but, um, I think, I mean, I might even simplify even more after this dress challenge because I'm realizing like I could even simplify even more and have a lot less stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and that is why I think these challenges are worthy and they're, I I like the challenge of the discipline of it. I, and one of the blog posts I did about the capsule wardrobe, I'm like, look, y'all, I am, you're not going to ever find me like wanting to do and, uh, triathlon I don't want to have no desire like run a marathon like people do that as a like a challenging discipline I'm like no 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 that is 
I hate running anyway, but I'm like this, this is my thing. These little these challenges like this, you know, like this is my marathon. This is my triathlon <laughs> getting, yeah. getting, you know, doing this challenge and just trying to sharpen my, my discipline in, um, and reach a little bit deeper, you know, with all of this. And, and like you said, it, it is a journey. It's not like you just like, Oh, I'm a, here I am. I, I'm a perfect eater. I mean, that never happens. Right, here I right. am. I'm the perfect I'm minimalist. Done. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'm done. I have arrived. It is, it's the growth and it's the, you know, it's the learning and learning about yourself and kind of unpeeling layers. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I think it's so fascinating. This topic really fascinates me. I just, I love it. Um, is there anything before I ask you the anchor questions, anything that we didn't cover about this topic that you think would be helpful and, and, you know, where, maybe where people could start with this if they're interested. Well, so I would say start small. Um, I think most people hear about a whole lifestyle shift and they start sweating (laughs) and feeling overwhelmed. Um, We started with like one drawer a day. Um, That's legitimately how we started with, with the stuff part. Um, it was also being more intentional with our schedules. Um, we, we slowly whittled down what we were doing and made sure that it was stuff that was adding value to our lives um, and the lives of others. Um, and, and just start, start somewhere <laughs> yeah. and start small. And then also, we've talked a lot about this, but um, the experiments are, are a really great way to kind of just start figuring out what's enough for you. Um, and you can make the experiments whatever you want. I think that's like the great part about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I started with um, travel experiments. Obviously, people aren't traveling as much now, but um, I traveled for work one time, and I had I was tabling, um, and so I had a lot of uh, you know things that were supposed to be on the table for people to either take or see or present. Um, and I literally just went with the amount of clothes I needed for the for the days and all the stuff for tabling in one carry on suitcase. Wow. Yeah. And it was crazy. At first I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. And I did it and it happened. (laughs) I was able to do it. Um, But I didn't bring anything extra. I will say that. Like there was nothing like just in case. It was just all the basic stuff I needed. Um, And and that trained me. Now I rarely ever take like a ton of extra stuff for travel. I used to be that person that was like, I need five pairs of shoes when I travel in case... I don't know. The queen asked me to lunch, you know, <laughs> um, was, you know, I come up with all these scenarios in my head of like what I might need. Um, and now I'm just super simple and I'm like, well, if I stain something like then I'll, I'll use a Tide pen, you know, like just, I'll yes. figure it out. Well, that's a real, th- I mean, that's one thing doing, you know, about anyway, buying quality. I'm like, hello, I'm going to spill, I'm going to spill red wine on myself or I'm going to, you know, I, or I'm going to spill coffee or I'm going to drop my food. I don't know. I'm just like, if I, that's why I, it's hard for me to buy stuff that's too expensive, you know, invest in two quality of pieces. But, um, I'm like, that's going to happen. Um, but, oh gosh, there was something else I was going to say and I can't remember. Anyway, um, oh, I remember one of the, one of the, your blog posts is, why Marie Kondo method didn't work for you. <laughs> yeah, that one went, that's actually the one that the blog is most famous for and went semi-viral oh, when it came out. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to strike a nerve for so many people. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I've read, I listened, I listened to that book on tape and um, I, yeah, the, it's, the overarching principle is okay, but I don't know, like the, it's just taking things out and, you know, 
talking to one thing at a time. I don't know. I don't just know. not. Yeah, it's not. I, I don't fold like that either. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. The thing for me that really was hard for me with that m- model is that it was like a one and done process. Like she even if you watch the Netflix show that's based on the book, like she even at the end will be like, you've graduated from the Marie Kondo method. And it's like done. But for me, like it's as we've talked about, it's a journey. There's no done (laughs) involved. Mm -hmm. Like you're still going to have to deal with why you accumulated in the first place and like making sure that you don't fall back into that and asking God to help you with that. So um, for me, that was the part that didn't work for me because I was like an early person that discovered Marie Kondo before it really blew up in the U.S. Um, And I, I tried a lot of her her system and it didn't last for me and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because it was like a one and done process. Like I was expecting to just do the process and then everything would be solved and it Mm. wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, that idea of, you know, just packing, kind of packing light and going on vacation when we, we have a, um, an, an RV that we will go in every once in a while. And it's like a little, it's like a little mini challenge when you go in the (laughs) RV and you're like, okay, I have to pack just exactly, you know, we might be on the road for a while. And so it is, it's in a challenge in itself and and packing. And I'm like, if I have, if I lived in this for a year, I mean, what would I, what would I take? I mean, what, like what kitchen appliances would I really need? And what, what is most useful? I mean, cause even in the kitchen, you know, like it's, I have a problem with little kitchen contraptions. I just bought this thing that makes, like it's a whipped cream maker. I mean, do I, really need a de- do I really need a dedicated whipped cream maker? I don't know, but I bought it. <laughs> I mean, if if you're making whipped cream all the time, it might add value to your life. But if you make whipped cream like twice a year, maybe not. <laughs> oh, I know. I just have so many of those things and that, you know, I'll use them here and there. But anyway, I, I could just go on about this forever. I just, there's just, it's so applicable to life. There's so many things. I think we all struggle with this overconsumption and we want to kick ourselves in the butt for it. And then, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it, I know for me, it just, I get irritated with myself. And so I do love these challenges. I do like thinking about it. I do dedicate this time of the year to examine it and be intentional and focus. And again, do that decrease. Um, and, and just so Jesus can increase more in my life at this time and just really, um, yeah, focusing more on on him being a minimalist and and traveling light and not focusing on stuff. And I think, you know, I think also thinking about whether it's anything, you know, I think about the verse, the 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 root of all evil is the love of money. And but it, it's not it's not just so much the money, it's the love of it. And I think it's like the love of our stuff, anything that we put before God, anything that takes more space in our life, anything that um, is, you know, becomes an idol, whether we realize that or not. I, I really think that's where it stops and, you know, becomes the problem. And so examining that and, and decluttering our minds and our hearts and our spirits and everything. Yeah. And it's not a, just about stuff, right? It's anything that gets placed in front of God. So success, whatever yeah. you picture that or worldly accolades or uh, job title or, um, you know, Busyness is a badge of honor in our culture a lot of times. So Mm -hmm. um, anything that we put in front of God. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, such a good conversation. Okay, I have to ask you the anchor questions because I always ask my guests that. And the first one is, what is, you know, this is a, usually we're talking about food stuff, but um, I'm always interested in hearing what people's anchor meal is, like their go-to meal that they make over and over, always have the stuff in the, in the house, the cabinet, the fridge, all that stuff. Yep, tacos. It's a complete meal in your hand. <laughs> yes. Do you do, are you Taco Tuesday? I mean, do you dedicate Tuesday to tacos? We or? do not. We're not that <laughs> disciplined about it, but um, we do tacos really regularly. And when we, well, we don't have people over right now, obviously, but um, when, when we would have people over, we would always have tacos because the best part about it is it's, you can customize it for yourself. So we would just have a bunch of toppings and then you can make it whatever you want. It's yep. beautiful. It is beautiful. So easy. Um, and so for all my people that are sugar detoxing right now, you know, what we do is on Taco Tuesday, it's like my family, they'll have their tacos and I just make a taco bowl and just leave off the shell or leave out the chips. Perfect. And so, and you can do that as well. Um, okay. What is your anchor verse? Just a favorite Bible verse or one that you're leaning into particularly right now? Yeah. So the one that I've really been kind of, I don't know if grappling, I would say like, like Jacob wrestling <laughs> with God <laughs> uh, grappling with is um, John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um, and that's been, and that's been sort of my, my continued verse as I go through the Christian minimalism journey, because consumer society tells us that an abundant life is about the abundance of money and possessions and success and fame. And Jesus actually tells us the opposite of that. An abundant life is one pointed towards God and loving and serving God and others with others. Um, and so finding ways to live that abundant life that Jesus is calling me to live and not the abundant life that consumer culture tries to convince me to live. Oh, that, oh, is, that is so good. That is so perfect for this. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people take that and um, turn it in a way that it's not meant to be. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. To, to be used. Um, goodness, that's awesome. Okay, well, how can people um, find, tell us about the blog, tell us about the book. Um, and you have to tell, before we started recording, Becca was telling me um, about this this TV show this that she is on. Anyway, you have to tell us. Tell us all the things. It's so <laughs> <Sure>. fascinating. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, um, yeah, so the blog is christianminimalism.com. Um, and there's lots of fun stuff on there. I try to strike a balance of um, practical stuff and theoretical stuff. So the why behind why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so that's that's a lot of some fun stuff and, and things I write. Uh, there's a Christian Minimalism Facebook page where you and thousands of your closest friends can <laughs> talk about Christian Minimalism. Um, and also attached to the Christian Minimalism Facebook page is a Christian Minimalism community group. So from that page, there's a... Um, you can join that group. And, uh, and that's a more in-depth group where people have full-on conversations about things they're struggling with in their Christian minimalism journey and how they're connecting it to their Christian faith. Uh, it's a really great group with a lot of amazing people in it. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, Jesus Minimalism, you can find us there because ironically, Christian minimalism is too many characters. Really? <laughs> to use. Uh, yes. I didn't even know there was a limit. There is a limit. So I had to do Jesus minimalism instead of Christian minimalism there. Um, and then the book uh, is coming out May 17th, Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living. 
Uh, you can actually pre-order already the physical book um, on christianminimalism.com and on Amazon. And also, there's if you just Google it, there you can buy it at christianbooks.com and lots of other places, including the publisher's website. Um, and then, yeah, it, that should be a good time as well. I'm excited about the book. Uh, yes, it, it really is so a full exciting. lifestyle thing, which is great. Um, and then I went, <laughs> as you said, I went on a three-week retreat that was filmed um, and is now a TV show. It's called Lost Resort. Um, it aired on TBS. Um, it's airing in Canada on their e-network right now as well. So you can watch it on demand. You can also um, watch it through Amazon Prime Video. Just search for Lost Resort. And it's not, it didn't have anything to do with um, Christian minimalism, right? It's, but it was just kind of this a random thing you applied for and got on. But then, like you said, well, tell us how, you know, I mean, just how there were some things that came up that maybe didn't quite jive with your, um, your Christian values and you had to kind of grapple with that. Yeah, so it wasn't a Christian retreat. Um, and so there were some things we did. Um, that were very interesting. And so some things I modified uh, to make it work with my Christian faith. Other things we did, like we did a sweat lodge and there's this whole concept of um, rebirth and starting over when you come through that through that experience. And I was like, oh, that's totally like my Christian faith. I can get on board with this, you know? Um, so it was really cool to experience kind of different things and seeing how things connect to my Christian faith. Um, yeah, it didn't have to do with Christian minimalism, but I definitely lived as a Christian minimalist while I was there. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, there's nowhere to buy stuff out in the middle of the jungle in Costa Rica. So, I mean, you have to be pretty minimalist while you're out there. Um, oh, but it was, a, my yeah, it was a great experience. Um, and, uh, and it was a life-changing experience. So if you want to check that out, feel free. <laughs> that is very, very cool. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. I know it was very random when I reached out, but I, um, I'm just so grateful that you did. And again, I, I just, I love the blog and everybody go check it out and go check out the dress. And she's got lots of good information there. It will, it will pull you in. So for a little while, so just get a good cup of coffee and, and, uh, check it out. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Becca. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.